0: No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for
1: details. Hello everyone, my name is Ben Hocking. My name is Harry Eades. And my name is Samuel Sage. And welcome to the Late Breaking Podcast here on Drive Tribe.
2: We've just had the Singapore Grand Prix and there was one man in particular who made it a little bit of a, uh, a crash tickle. Sounds a bit like... A male genital. Um, no, we're not calling it that. <laughs> Sergio Perez. He's starting to drive himself straight into uh, Tiff Nadeel's driver of the day. Um, Sergio Zarotkin. Do we think that he deserves a race bag for his craziness at the weekend, boys?
1: It's worth bearing in mind, that's for sure. Um, yeah, we've got a lot of topics ready to go through today, including the Sergio Perez thing that we'll get on to. We're going to talk about whether the championship is over or not. We're going to have a look Uh, whether Hamilton, is he the greatest qualifier of all time? Does he have a claim to that after Saturday? Um, And maybe a little bit about blue flag etiquette as well. But yes, as you say, Sergio Perez. um, Yeah, yeah. it was not his best race. That is my conclusion. It was not his best race. I mean, that's sitting on the fence. Come on, Ben. Yes. Um, I don't think he should get a race ban. And that's based on the fact that I think the collision was totally, stupidly reckless, but not intentional. Okay, I I think it was awful. It was was so moronic from Perez. And I I think very highly of him. Um, I say that quite often on streams, but it was it was moronic by his standards. I don't think it was intentional based on the fact that why would it be? There was literally no reason for him to drive straight into Sorokin. He was the one that had to go into the pits at the end of the lap. Why did he do it? But I don't think he did do it intentionally. I think it was just a moment of complete loss of concentration. I can't see how it was intentional because there is no logic behind that at all. He had to pick. He was the one that lost out. So he was getting the move done, the thing that he was trying to do for laps on end. Why would he then drive into Sorokin on on purpose? That's the only reason I wouldn't give him a race ban. I would give him a drop right to the back of the grid at Russia. I'd give him a healthy amount of penalty points as well, but uh, not, not a race ban. Well, if we think... We think that Hulkenberg in Spa, I know it was a big crash, but Hulkenberg in Spa, his was completely accidental. He gets 10 plays good penalty. I don't think, I know it was maybe not intentional, but I don't think it was completely accidental on Perez's part. He definitely meant to swerve over, even if he didn't mean to hit. Well, even if he didn't mean to hit Sergei Sorokin. Um, so a drive-through, seems seems really lenient. If we think back to Vettel last year, he got a bigger penalty for bumping into, bumping into Hamilton. So, I think the penalty he got was not harsh enough, but I think yeah. a race grant would be too harsh. Um, Sam, what do you reckon?
2: Uh, well, let's take it through step by step. So, on the first lap, takes out his teammate in a team that are struggling to regain their position across the championship. Uh, Claims not to see the car. When the car was nose-to-nose alongside him, wasn't behind him, they were next to each other firmly. He will comfortably see that car. Takes out his teammate. No real reprimand came of that. Racing incident was delivered. The penalty enough, I suppose, was that poor old Esteban Ocon is going to be out of the drive and didn't get the chance to prove himself. We'll get onto that in a little bit. The second part is being stuck behind a car, which is the worst car by far across the whole season. Lap after lap after lap. And you can hear Perez was getting aggravated. At one point, he did say, do you want me to crash into him? He openly said that on his radio. So, oh, I'm a bit annoyed now. I'm going to drive past him. He threw the car to the left. And then all he got was a drive-through penalty when Sergei Sorokin ended up getting a five-second stop-go penalty, which is a more severe punishment when there was no incident cause. Yes, he deserves a one-race ban. If Hulkenberg gets a 10-place grip penalty for an accidental collision on a first-lap corner in the first lap of the race, Sergei Sorokin gets a ban. He gets to lose his points, and I am gutted that Ocon is the one fighting for a seat and not Perez. Perez can get out of the sport. He doesn't deserve to be in the sport anymore. He's old. He's had his time. Let him move on now. Let someone else have a go. I hope oh,
1: um we, Speaking of the the Ocon incident, um, I, when I first saw it and the, the replays we saw during the race, I didn't. I thought it was just a racing incident. And then I saw a replay after the race, which courtesy of Sky, um, and Perez actually opens the steering up. So he's going around the corner and he he straightens up the wheel and then he hits. I don't know why, though. I don't know what he's done that for. Why is he not trying to get around the corner? Because Grosjean was to his left. He wasn't alongside him, but Grosjean and Perez went almost side by side into that corner. Grosjean on his left, which is perhaps why he did that. He should have seen Ocon was there. It was clumsy from Perez. But at the same time, I do think it was ambitious for Moccon to just stick his car in there mid-corner. Um, True. I, I, I thought a racing incident was, was the right decision, as is often the case on opening laps. So they, they tend to go down that direction, don't they, really?
2: I, and I, I completely agree with you that that alone was a racing incident. But when you're then going to take previous points and go, he was clearly built up and causing aggravation on the track. And then he's attacks another driver on the track. That for me is, look, I think it's a one time race bangs and a one time where you need to look at a series of incidents. And that was dangerous from Perez. Twice he nearly caused DNFs and into the wall incidents. And I think then you need to review a race and go, you you pushed it there, mate. I think you deserve to sit out for a race. Just sit in the corner. Have a yeah. yeah. Sit in your little corner and have a moan.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, back the, the Sorokin incident was. was, was was terrible. It, and it, and it was thought it to rocking for not actually binning it in the wall. I thought it was pretty. Yeah, yeah. From Sorokin. I'm, I'm glad that the commentators did actually make that point um, yeah. during during the race because that that did need to be made. He defended very well. It was resolute defending from Sorokin um, and Perez. Maybe there's temperament issues there um, because well, he you you find his son. You text us during the race saying it's Perez 2013? Yeah, like he was in a yeah. McLaren all over again. Yeah, absolutely. Um. But yes, um, Sergio Perez, not his best race. Some people saying, uh, Alan on Facebook was saying a two-race ban. Wow. Well, um, yeah, Colin agreeing with Sam saying Ocon should be at Force India, not Perez. Yeah, this, it's a tragedy. We'll get on to Ocon Ocon not having a drive next year, uh, a bit later. Um, moving on, after Lewis Hamilton's win, is it game over? Are we done? Is a fat lady, or she's clearing the throat. Well, give Eddie Jordan a call and he'll tell you, yes, she is. Um, Is the championship over? Not quite, but it is heading that way very, very quickly. And if Ferrari don't do something um, instantly, and I think at this point, Hamilton is probably going to need a DNF somewhere. Um, If he doesn't get a DNF, I can't see how Ferrari are going to reclaim the advantage. Well, if Vettel wins every race and Hamilton comes second, Vettel will still win. Yeah. Super. Super. When we say the championship over, actually, I, I'm referring to here the driver's championship. I think it's very nearly over. The constructors championship, I still think it's completely up for grabs. Um and in actual yeah. fact I still think Ferrari will win the constructors oh, championship. Really? Yeah. Um well, but, based on the bottas, bottas is really... Yeah, Bottas isn't in great form. Raikkonen is on slightly improved form, and I think generally speaking this car this the car is better. I mean, this race didn't indicate that, but most races around it have. Um, yes. But yeah, and another weekend. We thought Vettel would have the advantage coming into this weekend. Singapore, Mercedes, not necessarily the best at that circuit in recent years, and Hamilton delivers that incredible qualifying lap, and the circuit helped him on his way. It's very difficult to get close and overtake, and Hamilton dictated it from there. Um, guys watching, I'd love to know what you think. Do you think the championship's done? Uh, Sam, what do you reckon?
2: I think if Lewis Hamilton goes on to win the next race, or just beat Vettel next race, I think even though yes, categorically it isn't one, I think Vettel will have to have such a tremendous comeback. And Hamilton would and don't get me wrong, this is a British person looking at British sport. We have some of the worst luck. Hamilton could have three engine failures in the last six races, I wouldn't be shocked. I would not be shocked. But be bad. Hamilton's bad. always
1: had great luck in F one though. Ah I dunno. In fact, he had the most number of races completed ever without a DNF.
2: I mean, yeah, okay, that's a fair point. It's a fair point, but I think realistically, Hamilton has it in the bag. I think it will spice it up massively if Hamilton had two DNFs, and you know we were there eight points apart or whatever on the last race. It'd be brilliant, but I do think that, uh, that that Hamilton is Hamilton dictated this race. Brilliant! It was one of his best races I have seen Hamilton do. That qualifying lap was awe inspiring. I my mouth fell open. I was sat in an empty house, and I went. Oh my god But he crossed that line. It was impeccable. He was unbeatable this weekend. So yeah, I, th- I think realistically it's done and dusted. Well that
1: collie that lap came out of just bloody nowhere. I mean, I knew Ferrari looked quick or again it was gonna be close, but
2: Yeah, Absolutely. I didn't think that was gonna yeah. happen.
1: It was it was a ridiculous lap. Um yeah, it was about five and a half seconds quicker than the Williams guys, which might speak more to how bad Williams are, but also <laughs> speaks to how brilliant that lap was. Well, it, my favourite stat from the weekend was that it was 11.9 seconds quicker than Hamilton's own qualifying lap from 2009. Yes, yeah. Different um, cars, obviously, but so. I'm thing is with Hamilton as well, it's all about timing. His timing has been fantastic this year. Whenever he's needed to pull out a race win or pull out a brilliant qualifying lap, he's generally done it. Yeah, and you look at—I I did an article a couple of weeks ago profiling Vettel's mistakes this year because he's had quite a few. And I noticed at the end of it, Hamilton has actually won every single race where Vettel has made a mistake. You think of Germany, you think of Azerbaijan, you think of France—he's he's won them all. Whereas Vettel hasn't. When you know they retired from yeah. Austria, he didn't win that one, did he? So, um, yeah, that—and you're right. And at the start of the year as well, when with the first few races, Hamilton didn't win a race, did he? With like four races in, he hadn't. Hadn't had a race win or something. Um but he was still picking out the points. Um, I think I remember saying this at the time, it didn't matter because he's still leading the championship or at least within touching distance. And that's proved well, it's proved pretty helpful now. When then he smashed his these last couple of wins out and it's been it's been pretty yeah. dominant.
2: I think I think a key point is that Hamilton has only now won two races less than what he won previously, uh, for his previous world title. He won, I think Uh, seven or nine races and he's now two away from that so if he wins two more, the chances are he's pretty much won the title
1: Um, And Vettel, for the first time this year after the race, he looked just looked broken, didn't he? Yeah, I think he's fully aware of the situation that he's in now Um, and this is arguable but I think if you look at Vettel's career I think every year, so far up until this year, every year he's had the best car, he's won the championship I think he had the best car in 2010, 11, 12, 13. He won all those years. You could argue, he. Uh, I, I still think Mercedes had the better car last year. So this could be the first year where Vettel has had the car to win and he won't. Um, I can't see who asked that. Oh, Kevin. Was it? Was his laps down to skill or luck? Oh, Hamilton's. Yeah, definitely luck, skill. skill. Bottas is his is definite skill. And I think... The Stappen, if it weren't for if it weren't for Hamilton's lap, if Hamilton's lap, you take that out, people would be speaking a lot about Verstappen's lap because yeah. I think that was just as good, that was quality. But the pair of them were above everyone else by miles this weekend. Yeah, and and so I think someone was out. If I think it was Karun actually Karun Chandok, he said that if you gave him the same engine or put the put the power deficit equal the power deficit, yeah. it was about a tenth in it maybe or maybe it was less than that. So yeah, Verstappen is the He's the second, the second best out of the weekend, I reckon. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of Red Bull, what did you reckon, Sam? Well, both of us agreed on Thursday they might be in for a good weekend, and it kind of didn't quite happen, particularly on Ricardo's side of the garage.
2: Yeah, uh, you mentioned that there, Ricardo's side of the garage. It was a tale of two ends kind of thing, you know. Um, Verstappen was on some of the best form of his life, this race. That qualified lap, as you said, was incredible. Hamilton's was... Pure skill, but for Verstappen's was. I mean, he he was three tenths away on Red Bull, and we've seen how far off that Red Bull could be this season. That Singapore track is not like Monaco; you need more power. It's much longer. The Ferraris have got a lot more of an advantage in a straight line. And Verstappen, his qualifying that was, you know, it showed real class. Ricardo, he seemed almost angry after the race. You look at his, you know, his social media and the like. So he's, you know, saying it's not good enough. I'm not happy. This is what I want. I want more. I just don't think he was with it this this race weekend. It's something they didn't go right for him. I think mentally, he
1: I think he came in quite psyched up. He thought I, there's a chance of because you know went to Monaco and he won it, and he, I think he thought he could win. So I think that's probably why he looked even more disappointed after the race. And you're right on social media, he put up like two Instagram stories, and they were just blank with some words, which is unusual for happy Ricardo. It was quite well yeah. somber. That's sombre Danny Rick, Yeah, not what you want to see. No, not at all. Um, I respect him for trying something different from sixth place on the grid. Um, he had nothing to lose. Yeah. I understand why he went out longer than everyone else. Um, and yeah, he ended up just a second or so behind Raikkonen and Bottas. But yeah, do that, that qualifying kind of <laughs> set the pace he for He said the that race. afterwards, yeah. well, didn't he? He said, you know, you can always hope, but he sort of knew the race he was going to have from sixth.
2: And yeah, yeah. I just want to give a massive shout out to the Red Bull team in terms of Verstappen's strategy. They played that to absolute perfection. Even though Verstappen made a slight mistake coming out of the pit lane, he still held off Vettel perfectly. They timed that pit stop and that strategy to perfection. And you could hear the elation in his voice when he came out of the pits. It was a proper like, yes! You know, like, I've done it, I've had him. And he, he took off after that. Vettel didn't pose a threat to Verstappen for the rest of that race.
1: You're absolutely right. Verstappen did nail the strategy. Um, but on the flip side of things, Ferrari, they absolutely minced theirs. What, what were they doing? What? Oops. First of all, they put him right behind Perez, which was moronic in the first no, place. E- even, even you and I and Sam watching this race, and, and we, you know, we're idiots, but even we realised that if you're the one to pit first and you fall back in traffic, you're going to be screwed because you're stuck in traffic. Why they did not wait until Vettel had cleared that top six? I do uh, I cleared everyone behind the top six. I should say. I don't know. And then you have to actually focus on what tire they put him on. <laughs> why on earth did they put the ultra soft tire on? Clearly, they were either a stupid or b trying a two stop, which is stupid. So, so a stupid lose, or b stupid. Pretty much. Um, yeah, the ultra soft tire. It it was stupid. Why, why didn't they just put him on the soft tire? And one-stop it. This was always going to be a one-stop. This was always going to be a processional affair. You can't make a two-stop work around Singapore. Ferrari, once again, mess up their strategy, and it looks like it's going to cost them. Well, we saw it on Saturday as well, because Vettel was questioning whether they'd put him out on the outlap in Q3, because he got stuck behind the Mercedes cars, and they were, going slow, they were doing slower outlaps. So it's just, it's just stuff like that. They're just not quite as, as sharp as Mercedes or Red Bull. And it's, yeah. I mean, I don't think that was the complete reason they lost, but it was a contributing factor. They didn't help themselves with that. Um, no, so. I said it on Thursday. They, they've forgotten how to consistently win. They're not used to it. They <laughs> don't know what they're doing. They haven't consistently won for so long that I, I think Mercedes are more equipped to it. Sam, your thoughts on Fezzer?
2: It's It's a little bit embarrassing for the team that have won that many world titles. I think they haven't won a world title in so long that again, they, yeah, they don't know how to win anymore. They've they've got themselves in such a mental slump about being victorious that I think the are so sharp and the resilience that Basegis displayed to wait. Vettel came in and Hamilton stayed and he stayed and he stayed. I and mean, he Hamilton throughout this season a couple of times has really burnt out his tires a little bit too early. But Monza and Singapore, he used those tires to perfection. He Vettel went in, and he went. He started putting it in fastest lap, fastest lap, and he nailed that pit stop. Mercedes nailed it. They were slightly slower than Vettel, I think, by 0.2 of a second. But it was clean. It was precise. He got out. He was the whole start-finish straight ahead of Vettel. Four seconds, the time gap was. That is a huge gap to all of a sudden have over a car that is faster than you at a track that you are technically slower at. Probably got to the end of Q2, and they were no longer the fastest car. I don't know what happened, but they were not the fastest car after Q2.
1: Yeah, absolutely right. Um, well, speaking of qualifying, we have obviously referred to Hamilton and his qualifying lap. Um, and debate time: Hamilton is he the best qualifier ever? Uh, I think I'd still put Senna on top, but he's he uh, out of the current crop, and perhaps in the last in the last twenty years. He's the guy you'd have on a on a Saturday afternoon. I think Mark Webber said it, in, it on the Channel Four coverage. He said he's a, you'd have him, Senna, and and Eddie Jordan said Schumacher, but Schumacher probably better for us. He was quick, but better for a Sunday afternoon. Same with Alonso. So yeah. for a qualifying day, he's he's. I don't think he's quite there with Senna. I don't think he's quite there, but he's he's getting close. It's undeniable, because, isn't it? The amount of polls he's had now, and people say yeah, he's had the best car, but. I'm not sure he actually had the best car this weekend. But that pole lap, just as I said earlier, came out of nowhere. It did. Uh, and vessel couldn't match it. So it's stuff like, it's those laps that, that make him one of. I'm not going to say the best. Fair enough. Sam, your thoughts?
2: Um, it's really tough. I mean, Harry makes a really good point. Sam so is definitely up there. I think Hamilton, after this weekend, in my opinion, has just tipped the scales. I think... He is, he has become the best qualifier of all time. But you're right; he has had a very dominant car for many years. But so is his teammate. And the amount of times that he's beating his teammate on a Saturday is time after time after time. And remember, he had the same car as Alonso, and Alonso was at his peak at that point. You know, one of his racing—you know—the ambition and the strength that he had, he beat him. He's beaten—you know—so many strong drivers. Bottas came to that team road right to go, he beat him comfortably. He's beating everyone he's ever against. I think JB once across the season, he didn't beat him, But that wasn't in qualifying. I think that was just erasing. We also, I think, beat in qualifying.
1: Yeah, well, and Button freely admits that he couldn't touch him in quality but ever a race.
2: That uh, man has the ability to extract a lap time out of one lap. He puts on those tyres. The fuel is at its lowest. and Hamilton, his skill is just going fast. He wants to go fast, and he goes fast.
1: Can't argue with that. Um, Yeah, I I don't personally think Hamilton is the best qualifier of all time. Um, But the fact that he's even in the discussion in the first place says everything that you need to know. Um, For me, it's either him, Clark, Fangio or Senna. And I don't think you can make a case for anyone outside of those four. Personally speaking, I don't think anyone outside of those four can touch them. Um, You know, Fangio is a really good F- Fangio was on pole about 55% of the time he stepped in a car. Hamilton, by comparison, 35 And I understand, obviously, eras. That yeah, for me, it's Senna. For me, Senna is the greatest qualifier of all time. Um, you were right, Sam, when you say, you know, his to Hamilton's teammates have not been on pole as much as Hamilton has. Hamilton's had 79 poles. His teammates have had 38 but by comparison, Senna, 65 polls. His teammates have had a collective total of nine. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Senna was outqualified 18 times in his career. Hamilton's been outqualified 83 times. I, this is, for that, that's the reason I can't pick Hamilton over Senna. And this is slightly off topic, but um, we're moving on to politics in a minute. But there were afternoons when Rosberg could outqualify Hamilton. Yep. And, and, and people don't like Rosberg and you know he's a bit boring but the, I think Bottas is showing that what a good job Rosberg did against Hamilton especially especially as we say on a Saturday afternoon to get a lap maybe not over a race but sometimes on a Saturday it, it was, it was close. close Hamilton had 35 poles Rosberg had 29 yeah. in their time together that's close and Rosberg beat Hamilton 11-7 over a season I mean Bottas isn't getting close to that but I never got close to that Alonso didn't get close to that. True. Okay, before we, start, before we start our war about Rosberg, <laughs> yes, let's, let's move on to about three Bottas. But another lackluster, well, more of a lackluster weekend than he did in, in Monza, to be honest. It was, at least in Monza, he was properly helping. I know he kept wiking and behind him this weekend, but he was even further off the pace. And do we think that they picked the right guy? Bottas yeah. is on a terrible run of form. Um, And we saw something similar last time, last year, I should say. But no, they did not pick the wrong driver. They picked the correct driver. Um, I think Bottas is worthy of that seat. And to be honest, I think people are showing short memories. I think Bottas in the first half of this season did very well. And just because he's in a slump now doesn't mean he isn't the right guy. Bottas is not anywhere near Hamilton. And that's that's indisputable. But I don't think Ocon would be at this point in his career either. Um, look, if if you thought Ocon should have been in the car when Bottas was doing really well at the beginning of the season, when he was deserving of victories, fair enough. Understand. But if you've only just got to that conclusion now, I think you're just rolling with the tide of he's <laughs> not doing very well. You're a sheep. Uh, yeah. It, look, if Bottas... Should have had wins early in the in the season, and if yeah. at that point you thought, oh, "No, Ocon should be in that seat," fair enough. <laughs> um, I, I think we would have seen a different Bottas too, because if he had had the luck earlier this year and got those few wins, then we, he, you know, he may well have been in the hunt. And and uh, his heads just dropped, isn't he? He's got the contract. Yeah. He's just playing second fiddle. He even knows he's admitted he's doing it, um, and he's just doing what the team him to now. So. Perhaps it is unfair. I, and I said this after Monza. I do worry it's doing his cred as an actual racing driver bit of harm. Possibly, but As yeah. a team player, none at all. Sam, what do you reckon? Bottas, is, is he the right man to keep at uh, Mercedes?
2: Uh, so... At the end of last season, I did say that I think Ocon should get a chance. I don't think it was—I didn't say it categorically the outright rule Bottas out as a driver. I think he's an incredible driver, but I do think that Ocon should get a chance about Mercedes, and I really hate that he has a chance of not racing at all next season. Um, if we're going to talk just about Bottas, you're right. He had a really good start to the season. He did miss out on a few wins, and honestly, I believe those few wins were the difference between what could be a future world champion and won't be a world champion. I don't think Bottas will ever be a world champion. I think. When uh, Mr. Toto came out and said to the public that Bottas was a perfect wingman, I think that destroyed Bottas's confidence. I think after that point, there was no chance that Bottas ever thought that he was going to get a proper wing, a proper championship go, especially while Hamilton was at the team. There's a few people in the chat saying it keeps Hamilton from crying or whatever you want to phrase it. Hamilton has outdriven Bottas for the rest of the season. Even when he wasn't at the front, Hamilton majoritatively had better races and I just don't think Bottas is good enough. I think, yes, he deserves to be that seat for now. If his form continues for the rest of the season, as it is currently, I do think Ocon should have a go.
1: Yeah. Um, here's my thing about Ocon. And I think Ocon's got a good future in F1 if he can sort out this seat. He deserves a seat next year. Absolutely deserves a seat next year. But what has Ocon shown to get that second mercedes seat. For me he's been good. I think he's had a, he had a really good first season and I think he's done well so far this season as well. But where, whereas Bottas at Williams made Massa look average, Ocon is not making Perez look average, true. Ocon, you know, let's look at the facts here. Ocon did not beat Perez last year. Ocon is not beating Perez this year. And it's true. It's it true fair. and I've seen so many comments saying Perez should not be in the sport next year and Ocon should get the seat over him. I understand that Ocon is going to improve. And I think maybe by this time next year, maybe two years time, Ocon will be better than Perez. But at least at the moment, they are evenly matched. There is nothing between them. And if Ocon doesn't get a seat in F1 next year, I think that's mostly the fault of F1. But I think it's also slightly a fault of him as well, because he hasn't put himself in a position where employers cannot not take him. You look at Hamilton. He went into F1, first season, matched a two time defending world champion. At that moment, if you are a team, you can't not take him. <laughs> you can't not take someone that good. Ocon, whilst he's had a good first couple of years, hasn't been that authoritative force. He hasn't had the races where you're like, right, we have to take this guy over this other pay driver. I think he deserves to see an F1 next year. Don't I mean, you get me wrong. I mean, Absolutely. But you're right, because to be fair, Perez is the one who's still picked up the podiums and Auckland, hasn't. That's that's the problem for me. I don't know what to do about that. That's, uh... <laughs> you dropped the bombshell there, Ben. Yeah. Uh, look, you can't argue with the fact, and who knows, next year Bottas might start the year like he did this year and have the luck and... He runs, runs, not runs off of the championship, but he's in the, he's in the hunt, and we might all be this, this will be a distant memory. This conversation, yes. But Ocon, true. and I'm sure you'd agree, he's he's star of the future, one of the yes, stars of the absolutely. future. Yeah, he's just not of the now. Not star. I think of the future. I think he, I think he's good now. Don't get me wrong, but he's I mean, not, I mean, he's, he's, not he's, he's not, he's not ready, he's now. not there Just someone, on, I think, is on to said that they should get Bottas out for Ocon or George Russell. Now, George Russell definitely is a no, for going. No. Definitely. Maybe in a Williams, I heard that was a rumour, but not in not in a Mercedes, or maybe a Force India. Um, the midfield, quickly. The midfield? yeah, It existed, didn't it? <laughs> it did, it had it. something happened, some things happened. Uh, Alonso, he got some points, some decent points, and that was all because he qualified in the 11th. Yeah,
2: pretty much. He's, he's oh, done that. Thank <laughs> you, thank you that you boys said that. I thought I was going to be the only one arguing it, and everyone's going on about how it was the drive of the year. He qualified eleventh, like all the people who were in front of him had poor tire choice. Yes, he drove well. But it, it, it was
1: it was a, it was classic Alonso in a way, but it wasn't, you know, I yeah. didn't even do better drives. He didn't have he didn't have to do much. He just sort of stayed out in front until he could get a gap to he was just gapping uh, the Williams, I think, and then he stopped and he came back out in seventh. So. In fairness to Alonso, um, and I do think he only finished seventh because of the tires of the top ten and also how Perez and Ocon and all that happened. Um but um, he did finish about twenty seconds clear of signs. True, he and signs started P twelve on the same tire, so that's what I give him the most credit for. And he was so he was thirty forty seconds ahead of the, the Sauber guys as well. So I think he had a really good race. Uh, but you are right in that it was not absolutely exceptional. Uh, Renault, better weekend for Renault. Yeah, I think they did well, um, but at the same time. I don't know about you. It always seems to me as if Renault do really well on the weekends where the top six guys don't retire. <laughs> it seems to me that that always happens. Yes, they um, can never get any further than seven. Yeah, it, it does seem like that. Um, and they take five points away from the weekend. Um, honestly, I mean, it's five more than Haas did, but at the same time, that, that's not fantastic. Yeah. Sam, thoughts? A quick thoughts on uh, Rena- Renault? Renault.
2: Renault. Well, Renault, what? I think that realistically, the only thing... you just say Renault what? Yeah, I did. I did. That's disgusting. I love anyway, it. I think realistically, the only thing that Sainz could have done was beat so He didn't, uh, but it was a good, solid drive from Sainz. It wasn't anything spectacular. Hulkenberg was a bit unfortunate due to reasons we've already discussed. Probably should have beat a few slower cars around him, but uh, yeah, it was it was all right. Some solid points over Haas, I suppose. Leclerc.
1: Next is Ferrari. Yeah. And actually the thing that impressed me most about Leclerc was you know, it was red, the future Red Bull, future Ferrari driver, um Gasly and Leclerc, when Gasly's tires were going off and he didn't lunge up the inside, he just sort of he was just clever and calculated and he just waited for Gasly just to just to lock up, go a bit wide you know, undercut and off he went. It was just yeah. And yeah, you can no. see why they they want him. A fair play to Leclerc. I thought it was a really good race because I don't think that Sauber was good enough for ninth. I don't, I don't think that Sauber... And was Ericsson thinning. did okay, it's so hard, to be fair. Not yeah. as good, obviously, but... Yeah, Eriksen did fine. They, they left him out a few laps too, too long, long, but other than that, yeah. Um. Anyone else in the, midfield? in the midfield? Um. I was going to say, actually, the Sorokin and Hartley thing, where Sorokin got the penalty. Oh, that was I, harsh. Harsh. I thought that was really harsh because if you look on board with Hartley... He's actually full lock right. Although I think he missed the corner himself. I don't think Sirockin being there had any impact on it. I think Hartley would have followed exactly the same path, regardless both of whether Sirockin was. Yeah, no. I, th- I think if you look at Hartley, he is full lock right yeah. at almost all times when he's going in that corner. He didn't ever have to go left to avoid Sirockin. I I think that kind of- he was really harsh. I know so he did sort of, slight maybe slightly force him. You didn't think he did, but it wasn't it wasn't by accident. We made this point earlier. Not as worse as as the Perez instance. So no. why they gave him the penalty? Uh, that was crazy. Um, yeah, Sorokin did a good. Was being a Sorokin. Good job though. Good job defending. But don't know why they left him out so long. Yeah, Short, do, it's not a good race. Doesn't deserve ten out of ten. Fourth do <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one. Blue flags, and we saw Charlie Whiting go to See Hamilton after the race to apologise, which I've never seen before. Um, because we had that incident where there are lots of cars. But I mean. What more? They were racing, to be honest, yeah. I, they, and they did as I think they did as good as they could. They, I didn't. I, the Grosjean one, when is is that when he got in the way of uh, of Verstappen, of of Hamilton. Hamilton, 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 well, it was when he was battling with the Williams. I think. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, harsh, but I don't know. They were they were racing. It's a difficult one to. It's a difficult one to to yeah. judge. It's a, a, Sam, do you think the blue flag etiquette needs to be revised at all?
2: Uh, It's a tough one. I think if Verstappen had got past Hamilton in all of that kerfuffling that was going on, then I think we'd all be in a bit of an uproar because it would have been a totally unfair battle while everyone was trying to avoid collisions. But he didn't, and everything worked out exactly how it already was before. So it provided some excitement. What I do think is um, maybe something that should be revised is that the cars being lapped cannot overtake each other while they're being lapped, that's the thing, the one thing I can think of that stops them and goes, Right, we're not racing anymore, we're being lapped, so we need to now get out of the way and let them carry on and we can carry on racing. And even then, if they have like almost a VSC type thing where they have a gap that they go, Oh, I should be allowed to, I mean, it might be too complicated, but no overtaking under blue flags to me seems like the obvious situation to let everyone have the right of way. Those guys are in faster cars, they are fighting for a championship, that shouldn't be impeded by people who are going slower than them.
1: The thing is, is there's only normally a problem on the streets that get. That would have been a problem at Monza or, I don't know. Mm, true. Yeah. <clears throat> I actually think that's, a, I, I was going to say something very, very similar to that. I think it might be a good idea. But, um so hard to manage, though. The problem is, though, you've got these teams now, and apart from the top six guys, anyone else can at any point be a backmarker, right, because that's just the dominance of the top six. These guys, the Haases and all the other teams, they are fighting over millions upon millions of pounds of prize money. And if you if you're too if you just get out of the way of a, a batma of someone like Hamilton and that concedes a position for you or means you can't overtake someone, that could be really costly. True. I mean it, I, it's some banter, it, though, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that?
2: But yeah. imagine if imagine if Sorokin lost his only point because he was overtaken under blue flag conditions.
1: True. But that's the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> What a phrase! Not going to say that again anytime soon. Okay, so from the people that bought you the boldometer, if you don't watch on Thursdays, you won't understand that <laughs> reference. If you don't watch it at all, we have something that is designed to rate the race. You're going to love this. I don't actually know that I love it, but yeah, so, no, you may hate it. But so oh. presenting, putting drivers on a bar chart Formula One Grand Prix rating system. It's a really catchy name, and I expect everyone to know it off by heart. We we worked really, really hard on that title, okay, guys? So, let's explain. First lap, we will decide, out of five Lance Strolls, because that is the obvious way to rank it, how well the first lap rated. Was it exciting? Was it not exciting? All right, All right t- guys, let us know what you think. Yeah. How many Lance Strolls out of five does the first lap deserve? You, you, you'll get there. Don't <laughs> worry. This is brilliant. <laughs> overtakes how good were the overtakes in the race and obviously on that one you have to rank them out of five daniel ricardos because he's quite good at overtaking yeah crashes crashes make a good grand prix i guess and i mean you've probably guessed already who it's going to be hello pastor there, there he is me. good lad Yep. Yeah. how many pastor maldonados out of five were the crashes in the race and then our race rating is a bit different. If you thought it was a one out of five it gets a UGE day, not the best racing driver in the world. Two out of five is a Jolian Palmer. A Three out of five, solid halfway point for Nick Heidfeld. A four out of five is a Fernando Alonso. And a five out of five is a Michael Schumacher. Beautiful. Right. So, everyone lap, understand the rules of that? Everyone. <laughs> please, please say it. I'm yeah, no, not explaining it again. Yes. Right. First up, what are we giving this? And guys, let us know what you think. I would give the first lap three and a half lunch strolls, emphasis on the half. <laughs> Sam, I can see Sam's laughing, but <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll get we'll get back to Sam later. As if,
2: as if we're allowed to put this on the internet. Um, I think, think our wonderful creation, but the first lap for me, because of that Ocon crash. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Three, three and a half Lance Strolls. I'm three with nine, you on that, Ben. One, two, and then just have... Uh, M- Michael Brown in the chat's gone for one and a half Lance Strolls.
1: Wow. Didn't rate the stuff. There was ah. a crash and everything. Oh, man. Come on. Ocon went into a wall. Right. Overtakes. What do you reckon? John on the chat, is, on Facebook, has gone for two Danny Riggs. I think he's close. I think I think two. Is it two Danny Riggs, Uh Sam?
2: Uh, I'm two and a half, but I I can agree with the majority. Yeah, I think okay, two Danny Ricks.
1: Let's go with two Danny Ricks. For uh, okay, for variation, uh, guys, not enough when it comes to Daniel Ricciardo crashes. What do we think? How many Maldonados does this race deserve? the
2: solid Perez has upped it to a solid four past the Maldonados.
1: It's got to be four crashers, doesn't it? It's got to be four. Four. We're we going for a full four. I reckon so. Yeah. Bloody hell. Yeah. Four past the Maldonados. That's Maybe true. we'll have to change that to Sergio Perez after this week. <laughs> Ooh, crikey. And uh, finally, a race rating. Who? What driver does it get up to for the race? Is it a UGE day or is it a Michael Schumacher? Well, it's definitely not a Michael Schumacher, that race. I personally think it was a Jolien Palmer. Sam? A two out of five.
2: Well, I think it's a Julian Palmer and half a Mick Hydefield. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: uh, I'd agree. I think I'd go okay for it. A UGE day, Tony so, Palmer, and half of Nick Hightard's face. But we're not, we're not in a Alonso
2: territory. So just to clarify for everyone watching, we've given the race a two out of five. There were three out of five first lap Lance Strolls, two Daddy Ricks, four crashed amalgamados, and yes, an overall two and a half out of five for the race.
1: Yeah, someone's made the point that if this gets four, what does Baku get? I might have to make a bigger chart. This is what so I'm going
2: make to make a back. Baku chart. Yes, just a separate extras. one.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, there's your race rating, guys. Screenshot it, take a photograph, and never forget. Thanks. To those of you who hated that, we're bringing it back next time. It's you can't on, do anything. It's about coming it. back, for... back
2: every single
1: week. Um, driver of the day, Harry. Driver of the day is Lewis Hamilton because that's boring. But I can't give it to anyone else to be honest. I I, no, I could, but I think he's he it's hard to see past him because he just, he smashed everyone.
2: Sam? Yeah, well, I'll agree with Harry, but to be not totally boring, uh, Max Verstappen drove a brilliant race, defended well, Strathcule was executed perfectly, and he defended brilliantly from a much quicker car than the likes of Sebastian Vettel. So Hamilton, but not to be boring, Max Verstappen.
1: Um, I'm going to go with Alonso. And I, I personally think that those three drivers were above everyone else. Really, um, I, yeah, I'd go with Alonso 20 seconds clear of signs in eighth, couldn't really do any more. Was held by the fact that he started in the ultras, but maximized his race. Worst driver, <laughs> <laughs> I think Sam's got his in mind. But first. Guys, what's your worst worst driver of the day? Well, my worst driver of the day was Sergio Perez. But... <laughs> Just not to be boring, I'll pick someone else so you can have a go at him. Um, i got someone in mind anyway, so it's fine. Okay, well, I'm not going to leave him alone. Brendan Hartley oh, had Christ. yet another terrible race. Leave him alone. He was beyond awful. Again, he's not good enough for Formula One. There. <laughs> I'm just going to interrupt this. Alan on DriveJo said the production value for that segment appeared to match what Williams had been <laughs> Oh my god. We just done that much. Alan, that's rude. It's <laughs> true, but it's rude. Yeah, rude, but true. Uh, Sammy, what's <laughs> your worst driver of the day? Well,
2: yeah, Sergio Perez was disgusting. So, yeah, then Brendan Hartley was an absolute fool. Sorry, Harry, but he is, like Beg said, not good enough for the sport. I can't believe he might have a seat next year. I can't. Uh, Stoffel <laughs> Van Dorn, where was he again? I'm glad he's not racing in McLaren. Anyway, those three shocking get him out, move on. Harry, you'll go. Uh,
1: I'm gonna go for oh, I know Kevin Magnussen because he was just what well, he was almost as invisible as Stoffel Van Dorn until he did the lap record, which was only because he put new tyres on. But at
2: least he did a lap record, pardon? At least he did a lap record,
1: true. It's so, gonna be like that one that Pedro de la Rosa has at Bahrain, where it'll just come up now in years to come and you'll be like, Oh yeah, that happened. Oh yeah, remember that time. Yeah, yeah. Um, right we I think we've extended our welcome, haven't we? I yeah, we should should go. go. Tortured these people enough. Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking Podcast here on Drive Tribe. My name's Ben Hocking. My name is Harry Eid. And
2: with love, with care, I'm Samuel Sage. Remember, keep breaking late.